Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. We have a very special show for you this morning, and with Rosh Hashanah approaching very quickly, I'm sure that you are possibly listening to me standing in your kitchen, thinking what you're going to cook, possibly for. Shabbat tonight, and you're thinking ahead to a couple of weeks when you're thinking of what you're going to cook for Rosh Hashanah, and it's a very different Yom Tov because we're not going to be having crowds of family and friends around our tables. It's going to be a lot smaller than usual, and to help us with that, I have two very special guests who are speaking to me today. From their home down the road, um, Natalia Blumenthal and her mother Robin Blumenthal. Good morning. It's great to have you with me. Hi, Janice. It's so awesome to be here. Hello. Thank you for having us. It's such a pleasure. Now, what Natalia and Robin have done, and what they've been doing over the last couple of months during lockdown, they have developed the most beautiful. Lockdown recipe book. It's called Unmasked. You may have heard about it. You may even be a contributor to this beautiful book. What they did was they invited people to contribute recipes that meant something to them, and they've put it together in this absolutely gorgeous book. Natalia, Robin. Tell me very briefly, just as a very short intro, because as you know, if you listen to the show regularly, we take an ad break almost as soon as the show starts. So very briefly, tell us how the idea started for this book. We'll go into it in more depth after the break, but tell us very briefly, nutshell version. Of how you got the idea to develop a recipe book, because I'm sure all of us have shelves full of recipe books <laughs> that that we hardly ever look at. Tell us yeah. how this came about. So it started exactly the same way as you started your show today. We were sitting in the kitchen, and we were thinking about what we were going to cook, and we were getting messages from people asking for recipes for chain messages, and. I said to my mom, you know, someone should be putting these together and collecting all the stories. And my mom said, well, why don't you just do it? And then there we were. Here we are, like almost four or five months later, with a book that really started sitting at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee. We're going to take a break, and after the break, we are going to really look at that idea in depth and how it developed. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I'm back. It's Janice Leibovitz, and I'm chatting to my guests Natalia and Robin Blumenthal about their gorgeous new recipe book, Unmasked: Finding Comfort in the Kitchen. And before the break, we were were saying how this idea developed, literally over a coffee um, a, a coffee table chat uh, over coffee in the morning. And um, they were getting messages saying, you know, recipe chains as we all get. Some of us ignore them, some of us don't. And Robin, you said to Natalia, 
when she said someone should be, um, you know, keeping a record of these recipes and you said, we'll just do it. And you made it sound so simple. <laughs> and as you know, it definitely wasn't a simple process. Tell us a bit about that. So Natalia's always had a dream to put together a recipe book. Um, she's always loved food, been involved with food, did a lot with my, my late mother with food. So I said, well, here's the opportunity. Here's something a little bit different. There's a different spin on this because of lockdown and because of the virus. Let's put messages out to people we know who love food. Tell me what our, our aim is and see what response we get. We decided to extend it out of Johannesburg and out of South Africa to people we know around the world because this was affecting everybody. This was a pandemic affecting the whole world, and here we were all fighting the storm together, and we said, let's see the response that we get. And was the response quite immediate? Was it slow to come in? What what was the reaction that you received from people? Um, both. People were encouraging. They weren't really sure where our plans were going with this, what we wanted to achieve, but we already had started formulating our vision. And then we said to people, we need to again make this a bit more different and specific to the situation in the world. So we wanted people who were on board to tell us about lockdown and their experiences in their countries. So it was in its own way unifying and informative. And when you, when you started with this, as you say, people had mixed reactions. Some were slow to come on board. Others, I mean, most were very encouraging because they didn't know where your vision was going with this. Did you have a plan as to exactly what you wanted this to encompass? Because, I mean, I don't want to give away exactly what you've included in the book. Obviously, we're going to discuss some of the elements of it. But did you know Initially, when you decided to go ahead with this, did you have a finished product in mind or did the elements come to you bit by bit? Did people give you suggestions or did you have that finished product in mind when you went into it? So it was quite interesting because at the beginning I said to my mom, if we can get 50 recipes, I'm going to be really impressed. And my mom turned around and she said, well, I think it would really only be worthwhile if we actually get about 70 recipes. And I was kind of skeptical. I didn't know if we were going to get there. But as time moved on and after Pesach, when people were starting to get back to not cleaning anymore, um, we really started to get these stories. And the stories kind of paved the way for the end product. And all along, I kind of had this very specific look and feel that I had in mind. But bringing that together to create the depth and the substance that would make it worthwhile, that was something I was kind of questioning and going around with wondering where that can be found. And that was something that my mom really brought in because she said, you know, it would be really cool if we could include this element or something about lockdown here. And I think combining those two ideals, we kind of created something that was ultimately driven by the input and support that we were, that we had received from everybody. So it's interesting because if you look at the book, some sections are larger than others. And it's because we really included what people were giving to us. It wasn't, you know, we need five soups and five breads. It was, 
this is what people are cooking and we have to make this around that. It has to be about what the people were really doing at this time. And it's interesting that you say you've, you've combined, you combined your skill with your mother's skill because Natalia, you're a social media strategist and you, you've managed to combine that with your, your flair for food and your love of food and your mom, Robin, you, you were a speech therapist by, by training and, and you're, what do you describe as a green fingered super mom? <laughs> not quite, not quite. I think. <laughs> we were all sitting at home, so we had a little bit more time. So I said, let's give this a, a little bit of depth. So I said, we, we're going to give this a little bit more than the recipes and the stories, and I'm going to add information, information that we'll look back on in years to come about about COVID. We are going to forget, if you ask people now what happened in lockdown f- level five, they're not even so sure anymore. So we said we want people to go back to the book, uh, remember, refresh, and think back to the impact that those you know, stringent level four and five criteria had on us and on our lives. And Robert, you've actually, you've always had a flair for words as well and storytelling. And I know that you've always nurtured a love of books. So you've brought that gift into it as well. Thank you. Yes, we did. So it was an opportunity for both of us to expand. It was an opportunity for both of you to actually combine the gifts that you have and to create a gift of a book. It's a treasure of a book, actually. It, it really is quite a gem. And I know that you've played it down and you've been quite reluctant to accept the accolades that I know I've heaped on it because, I mean, I, I've seen professionally published books that are not as beautiful as this one. It's really people go, go to the website. It's www.ladylarkmedia.co.za. And order yourself a book. It's 270 rand. It makes a beautiful gift. And as they, they have said, as Robin and Natalia have said, we're going to forget this time. As, as crazy as that seems, we're going to forget. And as Robin has just said, some of us are already forgetting level five and level four and, and what was going on at that time and that, that crazy, crazy, heavy, heavy lockdown that we were under. And maybe it's that, that feeling of wanting to block out that negativity and block out that what to some people was a really dark time. So maybe we are blocking that out. But in years to come, when, when, when people ask, when children, grandchildren, um, please God ask, what happened? What was it about? And, and I know, I know my children joked and said, we're living in history. We're making history. But that's truly what it is about. And this book is part of that. And that's what you've created here. And that's why you've created it. Absolutely. You kind of hit the nail on the head because one of the first things that we agreed on actually in the creation process was that we wanted this to be a treasure chest of this time because every single person is going to have their own story about what we've had to go through. And we kind of wanted to make sure that we captured that idea of 
you know, we're all in the same storm, but we're sitting in different boats. And that's why the stories were so important to us, because along with the food and along with the recipes, there's something that comes with that. It's the intention behind why you make that, the intention behind why you reach for a specific dish. There's something there that we really wanted to capture in this book. And we had a really awesome team with us who were able to help us with certain elements. So if we weren't sure about something, we could turn to them and say, you know, what do you think or whatnot? And that also really helped keep us going to get the project finished, which was really great. I'm going to take a quick break right now, and then we're really going to get into the nitty-gritty of this gorgeous recipe book. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. I'm back, and I'm chatting to my guests, Natalia and Robin Blumenthal, about their lockdown recipe book, Unmasked, Finding Comfort in the Kitchen. And we've been chatting so far about how the idea developed for this book and the way contributions started coming in because this was developed by them. They didn't actually write the recipes. They asked for contributions from people. They wanted to hear people's stories, why the recipes meant something to them, why they particularly meant something to them during lockdown. Natalia, tell me how you developed the process of selecting what was actually going to go into the book. So uh, from the get-go, I wanted to make it quite inclusive. So I didn't want it to become a process of excluding certain people because we needed X amount of recipes in each section. So we automatically decided that we were going to keep everything inclusive and include as much as we can from everybody as possible. So that was the first decision that we made very early on. And then as we were getting these beautiful recipes, we decided that we needed to bring them to life and we needed to make them look beautiful and we needed to include as much color as possible to almost contradict the grayness that we were kind of all going through at level five. So when we got to level four and, you know, the regulations were lifted a little bit and we were able to work a little bit more, we used a a network that we could find and that I had. And we said, please be, please be included in this project with us. And we were able to then literally sit in our driveway, bringing different dishes in from the kitchen and back into the kitchen and take these beautiful photos of the food with masks on, sanitizing our hands. And it was completely in our control of what we could do. And it was really interesting because we would be able to see how we brought the food to life and we could see, you know, this actually looks really great. This is how we should rather design the book because the pictures are kind of speaking to us. So we, once again, were really guarded by each step and what we were doing at that stage to get this whole picture of what the book was going to look like. And the pictures really pop, I have to say. The pictures are bright. The whole, I mean, the, the way the whole book is compiled, it's, it's bright. It pops out at you. The colors burst off the page. And it's, it's really, the, the book is uplifting. It's, it's one of, there's nothing worse than, than a recipe book that doesn't include photos because what do they say? You eat with your eyes. Absolutely. And I, I think that was very important. I mean, it, it was very important to me and it became clearer and clearer that we had to make this look completely different to how everybody was feeling at the time. 
So while we were all kind of feeling a bit stuck and a bit isolated, we needed this book to look completely different. It needed to be bright. It needed to be happy. And it needed to show that even though we were going through this tough time, there was innovation and there was creativity and there was a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that was our overall objective that we really felt was important to fulfill. And I think that you achieved that absolutely 100%. I don't think there is a single thing that you you missed out on. I think this book really ticks every single box that you've described. You really didn't miss out on anything. Thank you. Thank you. I think something else that was like quite interesting that we uncovered throughout the process was how the book combines different generations and their food choices, which was really interesting because like my mom said at the beginning, we kind of started by just reaching out to the people that we knew and it grew from there. But my mom would ask her friends and they would give these classic recipes. And then I would ask people that I know and they would give these more modern day recipes and seeing how those can be combined in one book with one message is really cool because there's recipes that are old, there's recipes that are new, and then there's recipes that have been passed down from generation to generation. I mean, I include a canadal recipe from my grandmother, which is very near and dear to me, and it just surprised me how it fitted so beautifully into the story that we were trying to tell. And that's really special, I think. That makes up a quite different to just, you know, the lo- the big collection of recipe books we all have on our shelves. I totally agree with you. And I also noticed, and she hadn't told me this, that my own daughter, um, mm-hmm. Karen, and I know I never mentioned my children's names on the show, but I am going to mention her personally today. She included a recipe from my own mother. <laughs> Yeah, and I was, yeah, I was going through the book and I, I saw this and I thought, my mother's recipe. And I saw that she had, um, very aptly described how the, the, it's a recipe for butter, butter biscuits. It's simple butter biscuits. And she very aptly described that my mother, um, I mean, she's been baking those biscuits since I was a child, which is, many, many years, many years ago. Um, and she says, when you get off a plane from South Africa to London, after all those hours of flying, the first thing you want to do is just crash on a bed because you don't sleep on those flights. And the first thing my mother does is offer you a cup of tea and these biscuits. And that's what that recipe meant to Karen. <laughs> and, and as you say, it's that, that's, that's what people were, were drawing on on what the recipes mean to them and these intergenerational things. And I think also because having that distance from our older relatives, because we can't see them, we couldn't see them, and many of us have lost our older relatives, this is what what we were drawing on. This is what so many people, it was giving them comfort during lockdown. And a lot of people were relying on these recipes to keep them going, and that's what they've contributed to this book. Absolutely. Um, that was the idea of the comfort. Natalia kept saying comfort in the kitchen. Um, people reconnected with grandparents. A lot of grandchildren were baking or cooking with their grandparents who had moved into their homes for lockdown. 
And on the complete other side of the scale, nursery school children who were home with their moms were starting that journey of baking and experiences in the kitchen with their moms. And sometimes you were having three generations of women in the kitchen, and not only women, men too, in the kitchen, cooking, sharing, modifying, modernizing, and sharing these recipes which they were actually were compelled to put down, which they sometimes hadn't written down before, and here they were all doing it together. It's something that they could preserve for many years to come. That's true, because also um, a lot of our older relatives didn't actually use recipes. It's a pinch of this and a drop of that and throw some of this in. Absolutely, absolutely. It was very interesting. We actually got a couple of recipes that were written out exactly like that. It was a carrot, an onion, and we were saying, you know, we have to find a way for this to be relatable. Somebody actually needs to know how to cook this recipe without that idea in their head about a pinch and, you know, a little bit of that. And it's interesting because there actually is a challah recipe um, that mentions that, which is really cool because it just, it gives so much validity to the whole discussion of preserving recipes and preserving family traditions. I know when, when people used to mention to bobbers and great bobbers, things like, um, oh, please, we'd love your recipe for chicken soup. And, and these, these, these bobbers and babushkas used to look at them and go, a recipe for chicken soup? A recipe for chicken soup? You throw it all in the pot. <laughs> exactly. And I think, it's also something I noticed as we we're going through this process was there's certain really classic recipes and it's really nice to know that there's those recipes in this book because you can think of the intention behind it, but then when you need to know the quantity and you get a little bit stuck, our book kind of has your back there, which is really cool also because you need, you kind of, you, we need to know what we're actually doing these days, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Some of us are never going to know what we're doing. I mean, I, I like I like to cook, but I am never going to be a baker ever, ever. <laughs> Even if I'm following a recipe, I'm never going to be a baker. I'm just not. Some of us just aren't cut out for it. <laughs> but but there's, there's a conversion table in the back of the book that, that's got all the measurements and everything. So so yeah, we're, we're good with that. We did test a good majority of the recipes as, as well. So where some people were forced to give a measurement and we tried it and we looked at it and we thought, mm, like maybe not. <laughs> maybe this bit is a bit too much. <laughs> uh, we, we modified that so to, to help overcome some of those problems that could arise. So testing the recipes must have been a lot of fun. It was. I really enjoyed it. It was really cool to like see how I, there may be a recipe I know how I'm making and then I read their recipe and how different it is, like for a similar outcome, which was really cool. Um, but it was really fun to taste these new recipes. I mean, we found some new favorites, which was really awesome also. Tell us your favorite. I know what your favorite is, but tell, <laughs> tell, there's, there's someone listening who doesn't know your favorite. <laughs> What's your favorite, Natalia? So, I mean, my personal favorite food is pasta, which if you'll see in the book, 
there's a little bit of a story about me and my connection there. But one of the new recipes that I found that I really, really love is one of the chicken bakes. It's really versatile and it's healthy and it's interesting flavors, which I would have never thought of if I had never seen this recipe. And now I really, really love it. And we've made it, I think, three times since we started. And Robin, what's your favorite? Uh, we both love this new chicken recipe, I must be honest. It stands out for us. And there's a lovely salad recipe in there too that we've, it sounds simple. It's a new cucumber salad for us. And we've also made that a few times. And we've had whole new Shabbos meals from our recipe book, things we've never made before. Like we've got a whole new meal, um, the starter, a main, the accompaniments, and a dessert. And we, when we were doing it, the photographic shoots, we did it in meals so that we could have that meal on the Shabbos or for the weekend. Very clever. <laughs> very clever. <laughs> so we've, we've had some very beautiful and successful new Shabbos meals that have come out of the book as well. And what's also very cool is that there's a lot of recipes that can be easily made to be vegetarian. And you'll notice that our vegetarian section is quite large. And it's very interesting because those dishes can either be a side dish or it can be a main meal for somebody who's vegetarian. So there's a lot of diversity in the recipes that we've been given in the book. I did notice that. And like I said, like your, your, the book really covers every element. I mean, it, it, it ticks all the boxes. I wanted to ask you, you've included uh, messages and, and stories from, from a couple of our rabbis in the community. I'm sure they were quite touched to be approached about this because they've been majorly affected by this. I mean, I'm, I know many of us, we don't think about things like that, about how how our community has been affected by our schools having been closed, that they've now reopened to a degree. But yeah. um, tell, tell me about that. Um, I'm sure they were, were very moved that you approached them to, to send in a message that you could include in the book. Yeah, I, I, I like to think that they were quite touched by that sentiment. Um, but the motivation behind that was, this is something in our community that's really been impacted. And for a lot of people, going to shul and having that space is very important for them for so many reasons, including mental health and so much more than that. And we wanted to make sure that in this project we had, we were able to give that a voice because like we were saying in the beginning, you know, in three, four, five years time, when kids now who maybe couldn't read, pick up this book and can read and they say, you know, why weren't we going to shul? We wanted to make sure that we included that and that we included what we were doing to keep our community together because that's something that's so important. And we joke now that we're all sick and tired of these Zooms, but without them, this would have been a lot harder for us mentally and it would have been so much more difficult to feel a, a feeling of connection. So we wanted to make sure that we included that and we had a space where we could say, this is how we were able to keep our community together through this hardship. So it became very, very important. And I'm, I'm very excited to have those messages because I feel like they bring another layer of depth to the book that you wouldn't expect. Right, I absolutely agree. And they, they bring a very personal element as well because yeah. 
um, they, I think they've spoken very much from the heart, not only on behalf of their communities, but they've spoken on behalf of very much themselves and their own feelings. Absolutely. I mean, we go to show and we look at these leaders as leaders, but it's easy to forget that there's something behind that that's a little bit more vulnerable. And I think lockdown really got that side of everybody, no matter how big we are in the community or how lesser we are. It really got that point of vulnerability from everybody. And I think everybody felt disjointed and they didn't really know their next step. So to hear that side of things is really interesting. And it was really, I mean, we read through that and we just kept thinking, we have to include this, we have to include this, we have to find the perfect spot to have it because it was so impactful for us. Yeah, and it brings out that human side. You know, I think we forget, as you say, these are our leaders of the community and we, we look up to them, we look to them for leadership, we look to them for guidance, but we forget that they are human. They, they're human beings and they're people like the rest of us and they feel and they have emotions and sometimes they have to hold back and they are, we like to think or we try and think that they aren't allowed to feel and I think you've given them a space to to have that emotion and, as you say, to express that vulnerability. Thank you. Yeah, which, it was which very, is really special. Yeah, it was very special. And what also it brought about this feeling that we're all in this together and we really were in it together because everybody was impacted. And that was another reason why bringing people from overseas was important for us. We needed to feel that we were going through this new thing that nobody really understood. And whether you are in South Africa or Israel or London, it's all new to all of us. And that was something we wanted to achieve with the book also. And I think you did that very well and and showed that no one knew where we were heading. No one knew where when it was going to end. We still don't know where it's going to end. And I think you've you've expressed that really well. We're going to take a break. I'm chatting to Natalia and Robin Blumenthal about their lockdown recipe book, Unmasked, Finding Comfort in the Kitchen, and we will continue this discussion after the break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. I am back with my guests, Natalia Blumenthal and Robin Blumenthal, her mom, and we have been chatting about a beautiful lockdown recipe book that they have developed called Unmasked, Finding Comfort in the Kitchen. Apart from the recipes and the messages that were sent in accompanying the messages, the messages from community rabbis, there's quite a few pages in the book with just photographs the most beautiful, beautiful photographs that depict, I think they are mainly Joburg lockdown um, pictures. Yeah, tell yeah. us about those and, and tell us about what you what you wanted to achieve by, by showing us. I know we've discussed, obviously, what you're achieving with this book and, and, and what you wanted to, to achieve in, in years to come and the, the feelings that you express in this book. Because the book is is an expression of something. Tell, tell me about these photos. Who took the pictures? Because they are beautiful. And tell us what you want us to see in these pictures. I mean, they are they are very stark. They're very bare. They are 
they, they, they evoke a lot of emotion. They're very evocative pictures. They, they would definitely evoke a lot of emotion when, when yeah. you look at these pictures. Yeah. So, so like you said in the beginning, I do a lot of content creation work. And through that, I have a small network of some photographers that I like to use. So I approached two of them and said, like, would you want to be interested in this book? And they were very excited to be interested in the book. And something that I think makes the photos speak so loudly is we're not used to seeing a highway with hardly any cars on it. And you can look at that picture and at first glance you think, like, what are you looking at? And then when you look at it a bit more, it's so weird to see something you are so used to seeing busy so isolated and it it goes to show exactly what we were going through and I think those pictures that are quite stark and they are quite lonely they represent what we were feeling and what we were seeing so it's a physical and emotional connection that we can make with them but at the same time the colors of the book are contrasting those photos and I think it's quite accurate of where we were mentally at this point because some days obviously during lockdown were terrible and we were worried and anxious and other days there were moments where we really felt more connected than ever and I think having those photos it amplifies that point which is really cool and they really are beautiful photos that I almost would never have thought we needed until we saw them and we could see that they fitted perfectly in the spaces that they had there. And they really do. And as I say, they they are, I think they're always going to evoke a lot of emotion in people when they see them. And I think they're going to be conversation starters in years to come as well. And as we've spoken about, young children who yeah. are not going to remember this, little kids who, who are not going to remember that we didn't go to shul and are going to ask why. And little children who are not going to remember that the streets were empty and there were no cars on the road. These are going to be the conversation starters that we're going to be using in years to come. Absolutely. We, We wanted to give longevity and life to the book. And sometimes it's words and sometimes it's the visual. So while we had, we were, we were eating and our tummies were full on the one side. There was this stark contrast going on on the outside. Things were completely isolated or bare or deserted. There wasn't the normal tick of of life, of the rhythm as we knew it. And when you open the book and you say to somebody who was a little child who's slightly older and you say, this is what it looked like. This was a day in the life of lockdown. And there's some progression when eventually we could go out for walks and you, you have these pictures of people walking down very quiet streets before life became busy again. Yeah. And I think what it does, when I look at the photos, what it kind of does for me is it takes me back to, at level five, we could not go for a walk. And there's a specific photo in the book that's one of my favorites where that it depicts that those few hours a day that we were then allowed to go for a walk outside. It's it's such a, a shift in your brain to kind of fathom this concept that we couldn't just go for a walk around the block. And that's something I feel that the pictures, they they tell us that story, which is very interesting. 
it absolutely is. And I mean, it would have been impossible to produce a book like this without pictures like the ones you've included. And already, I mean, now that we're at level two and it's a few months later, it already seems almost impossible that just a few short months ago, we were at that level and we couldn't go out at all. It already seems absolutely unfathomable that we couldn't leave our homes. It's like, I mean, we said at the time, it was like a science fiction film. and. It, it already feels completely unrealistic. It, it's, it's like, it's like science fiction. It's, it's, it's like fiction. Exactly. There's, there's a part in the, one of the introductions where I mentioned that when we went into lockdown, we kind of all retreated to Netflix and chill with your yes. snacks. Yes. And it's, it's so accurate because what, what were we going to do? It was like we went back to the most basic things to try and get us to a point that we could manage what we were going through. And, it, it, I mean, it, it's so accurate that we went to the kitchen, we cooked, and then we went to go watch a movie. And it, on one hand, it brought people together, and on the other hand, there were a lot of people who were anxious about it. But I think both of those sides are really depicted in the book, and it it makes it realistic and relatable because you can understand what that felt like. Absolutely. No, they, they absolutely are perfect depicted. The other thing that you've, you've depicted, which also could not have been excluded, is is the stories from certain kosher establishments that had to close. And I mean, we've all heard so much from our restaurant industry overall, not just our kosher industry, that has suffered immeasurable loss yeah. over Absolutely. not being able to to open and not being able to function for so many months. And you have included stories from certain kosher establishments and with gorgeous pictures of their staff. And what I loved is that the pictures are of, of the staff mainly, not of the owners. There are a couple of pictures of owners. I mean, like they are the, the stalwarts of, of the industry, of our kosher industry. But the pictures are of they're gorgeous staff who, who many of us know and love because we frequent these, these establishments. But you've included those stories as well, which is truly beautiful, I have to say. We're not going to mention who, where, what, but you could not have excluded this because it's a vital element of lockdown. Thank you. That, it was, that was one of our late night decision making sessions that we decided that that would really bring a lot of substance to the book and I think I mean we live in a community that's so special and so unique because we go to these places and we know the staff by name and they know us and we share parts of our lives with them and to think that they were so disadvantaged because we were all in this pot that at level five we couldn't get takeaways Uber Eats was closed and to think that that was what we were going through is crazy it's I mean it's crazy so to include that in our book really brought about the sense of community and it again just epitomized a sense of connection via distance that we really were all going through I mean we were all so excited to see some of our favorite staff members back in action when we were able we truly were we truly were and and I love that because they are part of our community 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just as equally as everybody else. I mean, the first time I went out to get something, I came home and I felt so emotional because I hadn't seen these people in three months and it, I could feel the distance and it, it really got to me. So it was something that we thought would really make this book that much more important. And, there and was, it absolutely does. And a huge financial concern for these people. Oh, absolutely. They, there was lockdown arrived and nobody had any idea. There was no timeline. What was going to happen to these establishments, these workers, supporting families? The anxiety was very, very high and it was completely unknown. And, and very, very real. Very, very real. This wasn't something out there. This changed within a couple of hours, a couple of days, and pe- people's lives were altered completely. And going back to the sense of community that we have here, many of these establishments made these people their top priority. And they w- wanted to be in touch with them. They wanted to find a way to, to keep going. And as soon as there were opportunities and little bits of rays of sunshine that were allowed, they were forced to become innovative, think out of the box, bring back who they could from wherever they were while they'd set out lockdown and get them back into the workforce. Yeah, that's very important to mention. After this break, we are going to be back for a quick wrap-up. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am back to wrap up with two fabulous guests who I think have done a huge, huge service to our community, to our global community, actually, because this book is available everywhere. And you're hoping to bring out an e-book as well, aren't you? Yeah, so we are working on the finer details, but hopefully the ebook will be available to buy hopefully next week, definitely before you enter. Um, and we also mentioned part of those proceeds that are going to different community charities, and we're hoping that the proceeds from the ebooks will be doing the same thing. That will be absolutely amazing. And of course, I'm talking to Natalia Blumenthal and her mom, Robin, who have developed this fabulous fabulous lockdown recipe book it's called unmasked finding comfort in the kitchen and if you go to www.ladylikemedia.co.za you can order your own copy for just 270 rand don't just order one for yourself order one as a gift for your family and your friends as well and i promise you they will thank you and as a quick wrap up I'm going to put you both on the spot and I'm going to do a twist on the question that I usually ask most of my guests because I usually ask them, if you were stuck on a desert island, which five books would you want with you? But I'm going to ask you both, if you were stuck on a desert island, well, kind of, <laughs> which, <laughs> which are your favorite recipe books other than your own, obviously, that you've just brought out? Which are your three favorite recipe books each that you would want to have with you? Sure. I think <laughs> I would have to go with my first one would probably be the 15-minute meals from Jamie Oliver because oh, yes. That's a winner. I love him and he was one of the first chefs that I ever watched on TV. My Me second too. 
Yeah. <laughs> My second would probably have to be Tantalize. Um, it's a great book. <laughs> Um, and my third that's, that's book. A salad, that's a salad book, isn't it? Yeah. It's also from the salad one. Yes. Yes. Oh, my third one, I think I'm a little bit stuck. I think my mom should give two and then I need to think of my third option. <laughs> so, <laughs> the definitely a stolen one of mine. The tantalize is just wonderful and I found we were able to generate many more ideas from the basics in that book. So I basically do. you're hoping you can be stuck on the island together and you can share that book. Well, we'll have to or we'll have to take out selected pages. <laughs> it would work. So it would okay. I like the, the Chaim book. The, I think it's Jewish, the, the Jewish Benevolent. That was given to Yes, you. that was the, that was a Shabbos book, wasn't it? That was a book for Shabbat recipes. Correct. And, um, the, the little, little recipe book my mother has given me that was passed down over time, definitely. Pages oh, flying well, that, out that, that's, that's, I'm sure, a family gem. That's right. So that, that would come with me. Fabulous. <laughs> Natalia, you owe me one. Where's, where's the last book? So I was actually thinking about it, and this is a relatively new book. And it inspired me a lot for this book, actually. It's called The Healthy Life, um, and it's by Jessica Spiel. Jessica Seppel. Yes, it's beautiful. It's a magnificent book. Also great recipes and great information. And that inspired a lot for me for this book. So that would have to be my third choice. Yes, uh, we've also got um, a couple of her books, and I agree. Her books are fabulous, and her her layout and her, they are just like vibrant books. Absolutely. Yeah. I love her books also. Great layout, great information and great recipes. Yeah. Also love her books. Natalia and Robin Blumenthal, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And I think that your book really fabulous. It's beautiful. And I hope it is extremely successful as it deserves to be. I think what you've created here is a treasure and it's extremely special. Thank you. Thank you. It was so nice to have the opportunity to speak about it and speak about the intentions behind it. I am so pleased that people got to hear about it and we got to share it with them. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's an it was wonderful. You appreciate all the different levels in our book and share that with your audience. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to you listening, I look forward to chatting to you next week. And until then, look after yourself, look after each other, and enjoy your reading.